Uh, Matthew, again, uh, seem to be stuck in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, if you have your Bibles. Uh, the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 13, will be towards the end of this chapter. It's a long chapter. Uh, we'll be towards uh, 53. And if you'll get to Matthew 13, 53, if you can, we'll ask you to please stand while we read the Scripture this morning to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Matthew, chapter 13, verse 53. Word of God says this, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, He departed thence, and when He was come into His own country, He taught them in their synagogue, insomuch as they were astonished, and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters were not all, and and his sisters are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto him, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And in verse fifty-eight it says, And he did not many mighty works there, because of their unbelief. Dear heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We uh, pray, Lord, that you help us obey you in all things. Lord, just take this uh, sinful man, uh, hide us behind the cross this morning. Uh, use this scripture, Lord, that you've impressed upon our hearts. Lord, I, I pray that we can obey you. I pray that we can ob- obey you in this, in this congregation here this morning, that we can uh, hear babes crying in an altar, Lord, that we can hear people repent. Lord, we can, uh, can see this uh, community change from what this church can do within it, Lord. Continue to lift us up, uh, guide us, and direct us. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Uh, we can uh, take a little bit of time this morning in the book of Matthew, chapter 13. Now, I think the last two or three weeks we've been all over uh, Matthew. I think we were just ahead of it last week in 14 or 15 or so. But in Matthew, chapter 13, you see uh, some pretty interesting things before we get to this point. Uh, we see actually the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And it's a pretty long uh, uh, chapter that focuses on those mysteries being unraveled. And Jesus uh, speaks a lot of parables. He speaks a lot of powerful things. And, and He gets done with that, it says. And he, he gets up. It came to pass when He'd finished these parables, He departed. And he, he just started to leave. And in verse 54, it picks up uh, uh, with this. And when He was coming to His own country, He taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished. And said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Now, we start to look at this, and Jesus goes to his hometown. He goes to a place where people know him. Uh, they've known him for 30 some odd years most likely. Uh, most of them knew him as a boy growing up, uh, as a teenager, as somebody that worked in his dad's workshop as a carpenter. And I don't know how long uh, uh, he lived or how long he might have worked with his dad, but they, they knew him. They knew him uh, very closely, I believe. It was a small, uh, tight-knit community. Most of them were in this time frame, and it still is over in the, uh, the Middle East and understanding how those cultures work. Uh, so they knew him, and, and by knowing him, uh, uh, they quickly cast judgment upon who he was and what he was doing. And they said, well, uh, uh, there's no way that this man could do this. Uh, they start to list off some of the things that they know about Jesus. And I tell you what, uh, uh, we do the same thing today. Pay attention to what they do. They say, in verse 55, is this not the carpenter's son? 
Is this not? We, we know who his daddy is. We know uh, uh, who, he, who he was grown up, who he was raised by. Uh, so many times we start to look at uh, the daddy to some of the children. The next thing you know we see is not his mother called Mary. Uh, they call out by name in Scripture here. That they, well, isn't this Mary's son? Uh, uh, this is the carpenter's son. We know uh, both of his parents and his brethren. And his brothers here among us, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, uh, uh, we, we know all the brothers, we, we know the mama, we know the daddy. He even calls the brothers out and the mama by name in the Scripture because they know him uh, closely, intimately. And in verse 56, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Don't his sisters live among us? Don't we know who his whole family is? Whence hath this man all these things? That's what they question at the end of verse 56. Where did he get this understanding? Where, how does he have an ability to speak this way? How does he, being from these people that we know right here in this neighborhood, how does he do these things? And first of all, we have to realize, yeah, they knew him. They knew Jesus for who He was before He entered into the ministry, before He started to go out and preach, before He was baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit descended on Him like a dove. These people knew Him. Now, I want you to know people knew you before you got saved today. And people knew me before I got saved. Uh, people knew me before I started preaching. And what do, they put, what do people do today? They judge you. And not on who you are. They didn't judge Jesus on who He was. They judged Jesus on who He had been. They, they judged Jesus on where He had came from. They judged Jesus based upon a mother and a father and brothers and sisters. Isn't that sad today that we're judged by who we surround ourselves with when we were raised? I couldn't choose my mom and dad. Now, my mom and dad, I love them to death, and I'd like to say they're both saints, but you know, I know my mom and dad make mistakes. Uh, I, I know my sister makes mistakes. Uh, I know my wife makes mistakes. My children make, are going to make more mistakes, uh, and I will continue to make mistakes. But my, me, I am not based upon them. Me. Me personally, I am not my wife, okay? I, I'm not my dad. If anybody expects me to be him, uh, hey, at 16, I tried to be the opposite as much as I could of who my dad... And who doesn't try to do that? We try to be our own person, and you are. Jesus was His own because He was truly the Son of God. And we have to see Him as that. He was judged by His peers in the same way we form opinions is the same way people still form opinions today. You try to form opinions comparing it to your family and your friends. In fact, if you look at the very next piece of Scripture in verse 57, it says, And they were offended in Him. They were offended. Okay? They were offended that He had the gall, that He had the unction, that He had the, the can-do attitude to stand before them and teach with authority. That's what they didn't like. They were offended that somebody stood up and said exactly what needed to be said. Surely, this simple man that we know should not be able to do this. My goodness, I, I think of some of the people that knew me, some of my Sunday school teachers from when I was uh, in church growing up with uh, my parents. and I, I, I get a little bum-fuzzled sometimes to think about if they... I don't, a lot of them haven't seen me ever preach, probably. But my goodness, they probably bum-fuzzled. You didn't mean that little old mean kid? <laughs> that punk... 
You know, uh, his daddy did this, his mama did that, you know, his sister did this, and he, he did this too when at certain times. My goodness, the, the, the opinions that can be drawn. Uh, people could be offended when people get up behind a pulpit and they're, and they're tattooed up or, or they've got a history that people look at and they say, I don't know if that's right. And we start casting judgments on something so simple. That's the person that it was before. Yeah. They can't help it that they're stuck with it. Oh, we're so guilty as Christians and we look at the old life and we form an opinion on nothing but that. We don't look at the new life. They don't look at the new Zach. They don't look at the new Johnny Ray. They don't look at the new Max, new Vivian. They don't look at the new ones. They think about the old ones. I see people from my my history, they think about the old Zach. They do. Because they don't know the new Zach. They've seen the, the new Jesus, but they only saw the old Jesus. We've got to take a minute here because they thought that they had known this man for so long. That's what they thought. And I'd like to think that Jesus walked into town and in so many ways, I I know that he knew 100% exactly what was going to happen, but I would like to think in the back of his mind that when he went into this town, that when they saw him, that he would be able to do miraculous things. He would have all kinds of power. These people knew him. They would love him. And unconditionally, they would support him. But they didn't. The people that knew him the most disliked him the most. The people that knew him intimately trusted the least. I want you to help you understand. We're going to take some time right here. How well do we really know Jesus? How well do you know Jesus? Now, I tell you, after studying it and thinking about it this week and all the things that I've heard and passing by in conversations, I have realized that I do not know him as well as I think I do. I don't. Now, a lot of us like to think that we know the plans that Jesus has for our lives. Okay? A lot of us know his power and we know how he uses his power. That's what we think. We think that we know the Word so well. We know this Bible so good that we haven't seen certain things in Scripture and certainly Jesus cannot work outside of that. That's what we try to think. We've known Him so much. We know His plans. We know His power. We know the Word so good. And I've been a Christian for X amount of years and I've got experience. <laughs> y'all think y'all know how Jesus works. I thought I knew how Jesus worked for so long. And you know, I, I thought that, you know, I thought that so many, so many times that I had it all figured out. Exactly how Jesus saves people. I, I'm going to tell you this morning, church, Jesus does not save people by them coming down to an altar. Do, y- do y'all realize that? You know, my daddy didn't get saved to no altar. I didn't get saved to no altar. And a lot of us this morning, if you want to be honest, uh, you wasn't saved to no altar. You was probably saved the moment that you decided to step out. You, you were saved the moment in that pew that you decided right there in your heart that you were no longer going to live the old life that you had. You wasn't going to be the old Jesus. You were going to take the new Jesus. You were going to take the priestly Jesus, the perfect Jesus. I have laughed so hard over the years at some of the things that I've heard people try to explain exactly how Jesus worked. Hey, they got steps in some churches that you have to do to get salvation. And I laugh. I'm sorry if it offends them. I'm sorry if you're offended that you think Jesus has a step-by-step 
program, uh, maybe like AA or something other. Uh, I'm Zach, I'm a sinner, uh, and then you have to go uh, uh, so long without sin before you say, hey, that ain't how Jesus works. There is no, there's not a whole lot of structure to it, a simplicity of believing in Him, trusting in Him, turning from your old ways, becoming a new creature. We try to, man, we try to structureize everything. We try to make it all in our life. That's some of the things I hear out of mature Christians' mouths. Aged Christians. They're experienced Christians. I've sat in rooms sometimes in meetings full of men of God that have been men of God for years and years and years. And they start talking. I just get, I feel like I'm in the wrong room. Is this truly people that trust in Jesus Christ? Hey, you know, it could offend you. You might be one of the men. I don't know. Hey, there are men today, there are women today that think you know Jesus better than you really do. I have realized I don't know Him. You know, uh, the crowd here, I believe they 100% thought they knew Jesus good. Hey, we've known Him 30 years. We know His mama, we know His daddy, we know His brothers, we know His sisters, we know everything about Him, and we're going to be able to expect certain things from Him because we know Him so well. That's what they thought. Mary's son, His brothers and sisters, we, we know them all. We limit Jesus by thinking of how He's worked before. Did you hear me, church? We limit Jesus on how He's going to work by only thinking of the ways He's worked before. Okay? We don't consider how He works now. We don't consider how He can change. How He can use all kinds of avenues. How He can come into our lives and do all kinds of marvelous works now that we've never experienced. How well do you know Jesus? How well do you know Him? You know, He is a friend that is closer than a brother. He's a Savior that came and died for me. But yet I still do not know Him like I can know Him. I still don't understand everything that He does. And I'll tell you how much you know Him. You know Him a lot less than you think. You know Jesus. You say, Zach, I read every day. Zach, I pray. Uh, Zach, I expect certain things. Zach, I I know how to ask. I'm telling you right now. Jesus can work in ways that you do not understand. I have seen, I have seen, I've heard testimonies of people right now. This week I heard a story of a man that was telling about how he had an experience with Jesus Christ, how he had an experience with Satan, and he was telling that story, and I was thinking, I have heard so many of these stories, and I, I tell you, church, I'm guilty. I think they're hogwash. Yep. You know why I think they're hogwash? I've never experienced them. I hear somebody talking about being put on a helicopter, life flighted to a hospital, and feeling the fires of hell on his feet on the helicopter. I've heard that priest before, and I'm sitting there thinking, that guy's nuts. I'm telling you, I thought that. I'm thinking, that doesn't work. That's not how God works. That's not how Satan works. Uh, they, they, they've talked about angels. They've talked about having dreams. And I've thought about that and said, that's hogwash. That doesn't happen that way. I don't know. <laughs> what, what, what are we to say? That's not how that works. I was hearing somebody talking about how Satan pretty much came to him in a dream and told him, I've got you. 
And I was thinking, my goodness, he's never done that to me. I don't think that's right. As I walked away, I didn't even get 10 feet away, and I felt so guilty. I don't know. I don't know Jesus that well. I don't know how he works. There's nowhere in Scripture that it shows something like that. But I'm glad he's the same Jesus that was there in the very creation. He took dust and dirt to form man. He breathed into them the breath of life. He made lame people walk. He came to people in dreams in the Old Testament. He, he made rivers part and be dry ground. He was the same one that told somebody with an incurable disease at that time, leprosy, they couldn't cure it and go, go, go bathe in, in the Jordan seven times and you'll be healed. He spit in some dirt and made some mud and wiped it on a blind man's eyes and gave him sight. I want you to tell you all those things are not, they, they don't sound real to us. <laughs> a man walking on the sea, that doesn't sound real to us. We look at that and say, there's no way. There is no way. We think we know Jesus better than Jesus knows himself. They say, Jesus, you can't heal a certain people that way. Jesus, you can't work through a simple thing of oil and prayer and anointing people and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. Jesus, we just don't think that works. We try to water down the Scripture today. I put them in a Baptist box for so many years. You may put them in a Congregational Methodist box. I don't know how we think, but we put them in a tight press box that says the only works right here. We're guilty. I'm guilty. We think He only does things certain ways. He only saves people when they hit an altar. He only blesses the church when the altar fills up. I'm glad that He can bless the church when you pray at home, and when you pray in your closets, when you get good and quiet, and when you hide that prayer, when you pray to Him secretly, He rewards you openly is what the Bible says. I'm glad today we don't have to have a dog and pony show and make everybody think that everybody's praying at the altar. Well, we got to pray right there in the pews. We've got to pray in our cars. We've got to pray in our homes. We've got to pray by the bedside. Lord, help us if we're only coming on Sunday morning and praying. Well, we're missing the, we're missing the lick. Yes, sir. Jesus said unto them in 57, the rest of it, it says, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. What he's saying there, a prophet is honored anywhere but at home. These people know him. Jesus was honored everywhere. No matter where he went, he was either hated or he was loved. I want you to know, it takes faith to hate somebody. It takes faith to love somebody. But it doesn't take faith to not believe. They didn't believe. They were without faith. When he went into his own hometown, a place that he thought that he would possibly be lifted up, I would think, his home today is not in a place made with hands. We've already talked about that in our Sunday school lesson. He's not in this church. He's not in the, in the windows. He's not in uh, the sheetrock, the lights. He's not in the pews or chairs or whatever you have in churches today. Hey, he's not in that stuff. We don't have to come on Sunday mornings. and that, I'm not trying to tell you to stay at home, but we don't have to come to church to get Jesus. We don't have to come to a, a building to fill the Holy Spirit. We don't have to uh, do a, or pray a certain prayer or anything like that to fill Jesus. He's with us all the time. We put him in that box, and it says here that he goes into his own country. He's honored everywhere but home. And his home today, some of us call this the house of God, but the house of God is right here. Yes, sir. It's right here. Okay? So, let's look back at that verse. Jesus said in them, A prophet is without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. 
What is the true house of God today? What is the true house of Jesus today? Where does Jesus dwell today? Where does the Spirit come down from on high and engulf us and fill us and refresh us and give us power, give us strength, give us uh, determination? Where does it come from? It comes from here. There ain't no building that's ever going to hold the glory of God. There ain't no building that's ever going to be able to coop it up and keep it right here. Uh, there's no way to put it in a box. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a parable where it says a, a man found it in a field and he sold everything he had. This thing that was so valuable in this field, he sold everything that he had to acquire that field. I want you to know, if you could put it in a box, it would be the most valuable thing in the world. I'd want to take little pieces of it and mail it and ship it out to everybody. And I've probably said that before. And by George, if I could do it, I would. If I could just give it to you, I would give it to you. But I want you to realize Jesus gave it to us freely right here in our hearts. His home today is here. So are we giving Jesus the honor He deserves here? Just as it says, a prophet is not without honor save in his own country, his own home. Do you believe that Jesus can do anything? I believe Jesus can do anything. I've read the stories. I've trusted in Him. He saved me from an awful place called hell. And if He can save a sinner like me from a place called hell, He can save anybody. And if He can save a sinner like a, uh, the people that we've known, the people that I've seen saved, if He can save those people, I'm glad that the Word of God says He died for all. He died for all. Uh, not an elect, not a certain group, but He died so that all may come to repentance. Uh, I, I'm glad today that you have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. Amen. But you have to give Him honor. That's right. You have to believe. Yeah. This old house, this old heart of yours, has got to be opened up. It says in the Bible that He stands at the door and knocks. I'm glad He's just a knocking. If you lost today, if you saved today, I want you to know that you have to trust in Jesus. That's right. There is no other way. I'm glad that Jesus works in different ways and different lives. I haven't had to be life-flighted to a hospital and feel the fires of hell on my feet to be saved. I didn't have to do that. I've heard that testimony before. I didn't have to be woke up in the middle of the night feeling like somebody was watching me in my bedroom. I didn't have to go through life and everything go wrong and I'm seeing the devil working. I didn't have to see those things. I, it was different for everybody and we've all got those testimonies that are so powerful. Yeah. Everybody experiences it differently. But I'm glad it's the same God. You may be going through trials, through heartaches, it may be your opportunity to see God really work in your life. Yeah. You may be going through sicknesses. You know, he goes into this town to the people that knew him. And before he gets into this town, I want you to realize, folks, he doesn't gave the lame ability to walk. Yeah. He doesn't made the dumb speak. He done done all kinds of mighty works. When he gets into his hometown, he can't do nothing. It says very few mighty works. I'll just go ahead and read it. He did not many mighty works there because of their what? Their unbelief. So many times I've caught myself in unbelief. Somebody tell me something that Jesus did for them. I say, man, I don't know about that. I go home and tell my wife, can you believe somebody that said that they experienced Jesus Christ this way? Can you believe they told me they was that deep sea fishing? And they got so convicted out there deep sea fishing, they quit fishing, they went back and they got saved right there. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how he works. Right. I, I don't understand him a lot of times. 
I've heard so many stories of people being out just hunting and being just surrounded by nature and realizing that God, that Jesus Christ is king. Just by being out in nature, I'm glad that Paul even writes that he revealed himself through nature. We don't know. I'm not the one to judge. I'm glad all we got to do is trust. I don't care what kind of crazy story you got no more. If you believe in Jesus Christ, <laughs> if you call on Him and you believe and you've repented and you've become a new creature, praise the Lord. Hey, praise the Lord God Almighty. That's all I'm worried about today. You don't have to look different. You don't have to fall in line. We don't have to put Him in that box. We have to stop questioning what God can do. God can do anything. He's God. God can do it all. Let's not question exactly how it works. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 9, that shows me that I don't understand how God works. It says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. His thoughts, way above my thoughts. He knows the grand scheme of things. He knows how everything's going to work out. He knows the very end. He's wrote the very end of the book. He understands the prophecy. Why do I doubt Him? Why do I worry? Why do we worry about how things are, are done certain ways? We cannot fathom what Jesus can do. He did simplistic things in His life here. Raising the dead, exactly that simplistic it is to Jesus. He gave the blind people sight. He formed man from the dust of the ground. Yeah. We, we doubt Him so much that we can't understand what, we can, what He can do. We have to stop doubting. We have to start believing. As they get a verse of some song ready, you have to start believing. Or what will we do? As a church, as a Christian, as a believer today, if you do not believe that Jesus can work, you're going to end up just like they were in verse 58. Verse 58 says something very clear. And he did not many works there because of his, their unbelief. That's right. They didn't believe. We have to believe today. Trust in him. Say, Zach, he'll never cure me of what I got going on in my life. Yes, he can. Uh, Zach, he'll never be able to save this person in my life. He can't save me. I've been too bad. Believe. He, he can't watch over me. He can't protect me. He can't guide me. He can't bless me financially uh, through health, uh, uh, through all these different things. And I'm not preaching a, a goodness and perfectness and you getting everything you want, but I'm glad he can. Yeah. I'm glad today that if you've got a problem, he can hear you. I'm not saying he's going to ask for everything you want. He's not going to do everything you want. He ain't never put me a brand new pickup truck in the driveway. He's never done that for me. And I prayed for it before probably. But he can. He can. He can bless us. He liable to give me a job where I can go out and buy something. He liable to do something in your life. He liable to cure all kinds of ailments. You want to wake up tomorrow morning after praying and you feel perfect. I've had those days where I wake up and feel perfect. The next day I feel like I've been run over by a truck. If you're getting old enough, you realize that I'm not even that old. But today, I want you to realize you have not seen miracles, or if you have something struggling in your life, it may be because of your unbelief. That's right. His own town didn't believe him, so they didn't have any miracles. I want to have enough strength, enough belief that I can see them. Yes, sir. You know, Jesus worked those miracles. It said not many, but he worked some. Yeah. 
Those are the ones people could see. Yes. I want to be able to see what Jesus is doing. I want to be able to see his wonderful works. I want to be able to see people ridden of cancer. And I've got them. I've got testimonies. I've seen people that's been rid of cancer, rid of, of diseases, rid of all kinds of, of problems. And they've been healed, made whole. Don't we want to see that? Can we believe today? Can we believe in Jesus Christ that he can do whatever he wants to do if it's his will? As we stand and sing, what page you got?